Ready, set, go! All right, guys, welcome back to the EV Diaries. I'm Ben. And in case you've forgotten, I am a distribution engineer for a cooperative in southeastern Kentucky. And part of being um, our cooperative, or I should say our cooperative is part of the East Kentucky Power Cooperative, who generates and transmits our electricity. And today I am joined by Scott Drake, who is the manager of corporate technical services at East Kentucky Power. Now, Scott is the overseer of the EV working group that I've mentioned several times before. And I just wanted to get his take on EVs and their place in small town America. So Scott, you just did a presentation for a meeting we just got out of, and it was basically over what we can expect as engineers, as power providers. Could you just basically give me some highlights on that? Yeah, it's interesting with the uh, EVs. They, we're starting to see a growth in EVs here in Kentucky uh, and across the nation as well. There's a lot of uh, models being planned to uh, be released by the auto manufacturers. So we're, we're, we're starting to you know, kind of get prepared for uh, this thing called EVs. And on an electric system, the potential load and uh, demand impact. And what demand is, is the amount of load at one time. And so we're, we're, we're starting to get ready for that. And as we're studying studying this phenomenon called, you know, EVs, uh, ha, how much is going to affect us being in rural Kentucky, being in rural America? And it, uh, are we expecting EVs to be prominent in our service territory? Um, and uh, there's a couple uh, schools of thoughts on this, but one of the uh, schools of thoughts of interest to us is actually the in the rural area. We, we have a lot of members of the cooperative that travel uh, a good distance to work. Uh, we tend to live in a rural area, a small town. Uh, sometimes we tend to drive to larger cities for work. So we've got a longer commute than the average person that lives in an urban or suburban setting. And since with that longer commute with electric vehicle, there is a, uh, a potential and an interest uh, that we're seeing develop in rural, rural Kentucky, rural America for using EVs for at least a commuter car, uh, for the second vehicle in the family um, that you know is going a long distance to work and back. Uh, maybe not the, the primary vehicle uh, that's driving to Florida for vacation, but definitely the second vehicle. And the reason why is the economics. The economics drive it, drive this interest. Um, EVs, as we know, uh, uh, the, the way that we fueled is electricity, and it's a quarter of the cost of gasoline. And gasoline's relatively cheap these days, uh, but electricity is still a quarter of that cost. Plus, the uh, maintenance, is, there's virtually no maintenance in an electric vehicle. So when you combine those two and think about that, those economics in a, in a rural setting, we're expecting that, yeah, we're going to have a significant number of electric vehicles in the rural setting. It may be counterintuitive to the initial thought of having EVs in rural setting, but when you think about the economics, we, we do think that there will be a significant uh, amount of electric vehicles. And it's, it's good that you mention economics because I know that, that being 
uh, from Kentucky, living in Kentucky, our salaries are less than if we were in, uh, you know, other states with larger cities. But then again, our cost of living is less, so it, it balances out. One of the things about EVs that I've noticed is, you know, people are afraid of those price points. Mm -hmm. And, but over the, the duration of the car, mm -hmm. they're actually cheaper to operate over the lifespan. They're more expensive up front, but you get it back in, in the cost savings. Um, at what point, and I know that you, you talk to manufacturers and you get to go to, to all these meetings um, all throughout the United States, that are on this topic as part of your job. So what are you seeing? Are you seeing at some point that we can expect a, a crossover and is that going to come with battery technology or is it going to come with adoption or what's the factors that's going to drive that? Uh, there's a good possibility it's going to come purely with adoption. And what has driven the battery costs down in, in the recent years is manufacturing and, and it's, uh, uh, you know, producing more at one spot and it becoming more economical to do so. Uh, we, now we have mega factories uh, for uh, uh, batteries and we're still seeing the price coming down. We still expect the price come down even with the same uh, lithium ion technology we're seeing the price come down. And if, if that continues at what's projected uh, as far as the price point there's a good chance in about five years, four to five years, that electric vehicles will be as cheap, if not cheaper, than the internal combustion engine vehicles of, of the same type of vehicle. I know Toyota is looking at developing what they call platforms. And so you'll be able to get a Camry, if you will, uh, that is a pure battery, uh, or you can get a plug-in electric Camry, or you can get a, a normal ICE internal combustion engine Camry. Um, they'll all look the same, uh, and the way that you propel that vehicle will be up to you. And maybe the uh, won't be too long. The cheapest vehicle on the on the lot for a Camry will actually be electric. Uh, so then the economics really change because it's a cheaper price point up front, and then the cost of ownership with uh, fuel and maintenance uh, will be cheaper from there. All right, that, uh, that's uh, I'm looking forward to the day uh, because, like I said, we've we've had discussions, and I believe that. This is just the future. Now, what's your thoughts on, and this is a hypothesis I've put forth several times, that all cars are going to be electric cars. Now, you, we might put gasoline in them to generate mm -hmm. the electricity to drive the motors mm -hmm. or some sort of fuel. But what's your, your thoughts on that the car of the future, even with all the technology that's being developed, battery and otherwise, that we're going to have some sort of a hybridization uh, between what we have now and it, it will it'll just be the next stepping point to the next um, power source i guess uh is where i'm headed with that but but what's your thoughts on on that i, I think it's where the manufacturers are going uh it's called electric drivetrain and i i think we're going to see manufacturers come out with most every vehicle is going to be electric drivetrain so uh, you're basically going to have motors on the wheels. Mm -hmm. How Those motors will be driven by the batteries, but are you going to have enough batteries to drive the entire car, or will you have a, a, an engine there that charges the batteries? That's uh, that, that depends on the vehicle and the wants of the purchase or, or the customer. Uh, but I think manufacturers are generally saying they're moving to electric drivetrains because 
Uh, they're selling a lot of electric vehicles overseas. Uh, there are a lot of uh, led legislature or state requirements that they go to more electric, uh, especially on the coast of the United States. So we're starting to see a shift in the what the manufacturers want to do. They're definitely going to electric drivetrain. And whether or not every vehicle will be totally battery for a while, that's yet to be determined. I, but I, I do think you're right. Uh, your theory is probably right. We're going to be end up with electric drivetrain uh, probably pretty soon. Well, that's that's awesome. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you agree with me. At least uh, it justifies some of my notions that come out of my head when I think about this stuff. All right, one final question. And this is strictly opinion. Do you think right now it's more important to get infrastructure in place or do you think it would be um, more critical to just demonstrate the capabilities of electric cars and to, uh, like we've talked about, butts and seats, mm -hmm. um, which which do you think is is should be the biggest push at this point? I know I know we've talked today about the, the lack of DC fast chargers. Yes. And uh, I believe my last episode was we were in a meeting where we discussed trying to get one on the system, and it just doesn't make sense for us to do it. Um, so, you know, like I said, getting back on point, I got distracted there a little bit by that um, infrastructure or just getting the cars on the road. I, I think we're going to have to have more infrastructure. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I re I've kind of got a marketing thought in my head, even though I'm an engineer. So I want to, you know, let's get uh, incentives out there and let's push uh, electric vehicles. But uh, to really drive adoption, if, if you don't have some infrastructure out there when people need it, they're going to be very leery of doing it. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's don't discount the importance of butts in the seats. Uh, most people that I talk to goes, I don't like EVs. They've never driven one. And once they drive it, their opinions generally change. Not everybody's change, but most opinions change. It is important to do butts in the seats uh, and do ride and drives and things of that nature. Uh, but I think we're going to have to get some infrastructure out, out there. And you mentioned DC fast chargers. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to, I don't think the economics are there to invest in DC fast chargers, yeah. uh, but we desperately need them. We, we need uh, some type of subsidy, uh, assistance in the in the cost of implementing DC fast chargers, whether it's uh, incentives from the state, uh, federal government, uh, something of that nature to get that infrastructure, base infrastructure out there so we can travel across this great nation. Uh, but after that, most of the charging is done at home. Right. Uh, so once you get a little bit of a base infrastructure out there that gets people relatively comfortable, get a button seat and you've got an EV driver. All right. That's that's great. All right. Uh, I want to thank you for sitting down with me for this few minutes. Um, you are the very first interview that I've done on this podcast. So congratulations that you can take that all the way through history. You're just <laughs> like I said, guys, the EV revolution is here. So buckle up. It should be a fun ride. listening to the EV Diaries. If you would like to leave a question or comment, email me, ben at evdiaries.com. Also, you can check me out on social media, Twitter and Instagram at evdiaries. And finally, please leave a rating on whatever podcast app you use.